Are you a detail person? Uh, if you're not a detail person, I'm sure that you know people who are detail people. And I, and I don't mean detailed in the sense of one specific passion or hobby or thing that you love, but you and I know people who are detail people. I look over to my left and see my friend Larry McKinley. Larry McKinley's a detail guy. He has he has everything just in order, just so. He, he runs a media ministry. He gets that done very well. He's a very capable, talented servant. But it's not just in the media ministry. Uh, one time my my truck broke down, or I had to go, uh, I had to borrow his truck for some reason. And uh, the moment I opened the door, I knew I was in for trouble. Uh, he's, I'm not, I think Larry's McKinley, has, has, his truck has basically hauled marshmallows, and it was the cleanest truck I've ever been in. And it's uh, how old? 18 years old. See, he knew that detail. But it, it, it's just like it came off the showroom floor, because Larry's a detail guy. I look toward the back, uh, David and Sarah Holt are back there, and as they often are, David and Sarah are both great detail people. Uh, Any kind of area where they're working in, whether it's the audio-visual stuff, Sarah working on the the graphics and and the stuff for the the theme and all of that, she's really good, and he's really good at the details of it. Uh, And they kind of have their... When when they over the Christmas break, uh, Sarah was was sending me emails about how I wanted this slide to look and how I wanted this to look as she was headed out to Colorado for vacation. Okay, And I, I said, Sarah, it looks great, but I'm not going to reply anymore until you get back. Go relax. But that's, that's how Sarah and David are. They're detailed people. Uh, occasionally you'll run across people like these. This is just in every area of their life, they are detailed, thoughtful, methodical. That's a good thing. Uh, James Wilson is our detail elder. Okay, he's on the details. Every meeting, he's always got, the, always got all the detailed questions. He's always thinking it through from every which way. Okay, so there are people that are wired to be in the details. Now, God creates us all differently, and and uh, we need people who who are not always in the details. But for the people who are in the details, that is a gift. My guess is that even if you don't consider yourself a detailed person, there's at least one area of your life where you're very detailed. You, you know, it might be your work, it might be a hobby, it might be something that you really enjoy, it might be your investments, it might be your business, uh, it, it might be a, could be a television show. You could, you could catch me up on all of the five seasons you've watched of that show, detail by detail. Why? Not because you're a detailed person but because you care about it, because it's important to you. On Sunday nights, uh, we're taking a journey with Luke, and Luke was an interesting guy. We're going to kind of introduce you to this unusual author, but Luke takes great pains to give us a detailed account of Jesus' life, a detailed eyewitness account. Now, uh, some have taken this this uh, idea that it was orderly and an orderly account to say perhaps Luke was like that in all. Perhaps Luke was a detail guy, and maybe he was. 
Or perhaps Luke was, uh, you know, a type B. Maybe he was very free-spirited, but he was very detailed in this regard about recounting Jesus' life because it mattered. Because it was important to him and because he knew it would be important to us. On Sunday nights, I hope that you will not, I mean, I'm glad you're here tonight, but I hope that you'll continue coming to join us as we go text by turn there, as we verse by verse, chapter by chapter through uh, Luke's account of the gospel. If you are not already open to the book of Luke, you'll want to was and what to go through this textual study. As I said, tonight will be more of just an introduction uh, to who Luke tells and to Jesus' purpose was in writing this letter. His orderly account gives us some great details that go into Jesus' life. Uh, now, we need to understand that Luke may not have been a first-hand witness of these details and who saw Jesus' life, but he endeavored to c- gather all of these reports and these eyewitness accounts of people who were there. Uh, this is, here's, here's why this is important. Um, with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Luke are called, you have these eyewitnesses, eyewitness accounts, and um, you'll see as you go through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and this the synoptic, meaning one eye, because they're very similar. And yet there's still some subtle differences between this account, eye gospel versus that gospel. John's, of course, a different book altogether. But those gospel accounts, those four different Luke and witnesses, come up with a picture of Jesus' life. And some people go, well, okay, but Matthew, Mark, bothers a little bit. John have these differences between them. And that bothers some detail people. And people that, that are really into the details, that bother, think about it. Because they say, well, you know, they, they should, if it was the same man and the same life, shouldn't it be the same story? Well, not really. At mornings, uh, there's lots of different ways in which we see this happen. Um, if I take this theory, her sermon, and there were about 700 people who all experienced the same sermon, the same message, in what was said, and the same thing, saw the same thing. But if you put a reporter at each of the doors and interviewed all 700 witnesses to what happened, you get wildly diverging accounts. Because you hear things just mentioned differently based on your, your life experience, maybe where you are at currently. A word, a phrase sometimes, a story. I'll, that's not in passing. And uh, I get an email two or three weeks later and said that really resonated with me. I, you know, event, anything to do with me, that is all the work of God. But the point is that we can have different eyewitnesses' accounts of the same what it does and come out with different perspectives. That does not mean that God's truth is divergent. doesn't mean that it's unstable or unreliable. And to the does is the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, give us an immersive 3D experience. And look at the life of Jesus. So... As we look at this account, keep in mind, <clears throat> there will be times when we compare it with another story. Look at Luke and references, but that doesn't mean that they're conflicting. It just gives us a little more depth into these accounts. Tonight, we, we, the early church, a little background information that I hope will be helpful as we move forward. 
We know Luke's name, uh, but what else do we know about Luke? The, the, the Christian history says that Luke was from Antioch, uh, which is a high-focus uh, group of people. It's a city, but uh, give us much in there, uh, those who were called Christians first. Uh, the Antioch church is a high focus in Acts. Scriptures don't really Colossians of Luke's background about where he came from or how he even came to Jesus. We do know that Luke was a Gentile. Uh, in, in that same chapter 4, uh, Paul writes, Luke, Luke, the beloved physician, greets you, as does Demas. Now, in passage, Paul addresses those of the circumcision group, which would be the, the Jews, and, and Luke is obviously separate from that. So, more of a Gentile understood, and, and we should understand as well, that Luke was a Gentile. Uh, in his book, he uses terms that are more versatile nature. Uh, for example, when we get to the account of Jesus' crucifixion, he will use the term the skull, the place of the skull. Others, Golgotha, which is what the Jews called it. Uh, in his book, he highlights Gentiles. He highlights centurions and Samaritans and Gentile non-Jewish people in the story. And that's important for us to know. This would make Luke... The only, his author in a largely uh, Jewish book, and the only Gentile author in the New Testament. And yet, it's important, writings make up 20% of the New Testament, one-fifth. So, what he wrote was, was educated, uh, not the least of which is because I'm speaking mostly to a Gentile audience. He was a beloved physician, as we mentioned. He's how he hated. He was intelligent. He gives, by the way, a lot of focus in his letter to uh, the healing ministry of Jesus. Have no healed and who he healed and what they were healed of. In Luke chapter 5, verse 31, and Jesus answered them, those who are well, but also they have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. Obviously, it was close to Luke's heart because of his vocation. If you've been to any because of the spiritual implications. Uh, again, Paul refers to him as the beloved physician. Uh, this is important because there's but there are a number of doctors. You know that not all of them are beloved. There are some doctors who are just, they may be excellent doctors, have a terrible bedside manner. I fired a doctor one time because of his terrible bedside manner with my wife. Lots more. He was right on in terms of what he diagnosed and what the answer was, but his abilities with people, uh, he needed more education. So Luke was different than that. He was not just a, a physician, but he was a beloved physician. Booked that, uh, he was good with people, clearly. He knew people. And his work in Luke and, of course, secondary to that, the complementary, that is the book of Acts. Uh, he treated it like an in-depth research paper about people. And it, it is, and I think that's important. Because when, we, when we've talked about before, the, the church is made up of God's people. And was for, as though Luke had a connection with each of the people that he mentioned. I certainly didn't, obviously, but you could tell his heart, um, Luke, people. And that's important. Paul called him a, uh, he was faithful. 
and in following, Luke was a traveling companion of Paul's uh, from the point where he had the Macedonian vision, Acts chapter 16, verse 10. We saw, Luke records, and when Paul had seen the vision, immediately we, begins using speaking uh, directly there, he made a direct to go on into Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So setting sail from Troas, we, Luke, was voyage to Samothrace and the following day to Nippolis. Okay? So Paul is, uh, or uh, rather, Luke, faithful to Paul. Um, in fact, in the one of the last writings we have of Paul, Second Timothy chapter 4, uh, in his uh, final few moments, of life and certainly writings in the gospel is in the New Testament, Second Timothy chapter four verse eleven. Paul writes that Luke alone, uh, he was with me. So he was a Gentile. He was a beloved physician. He was educated. He was intelligent. He was good with people. Man that the script, a faithful friend. All of these are taking just. Tiny, tiny bits and pieces and, and trying to put together the puzzle uh, of a, the book of Acts. Scripture doesn't give us a lot of detail. Luke writes to a man named Theophilus, uh, both in the book of Luke and also in the Acts. Who was Theophilus? What was, who was this man named Theophilus? Uh, Luke and Excellent, as I said, were both written to him. The name, his name means a lover of God. Paul uh, or Luke addresses him as most very Theophilus, which is probably a which is a more formal way of addressing a person. And some have surmised that perhaps he was a Roman dignitary, another Gentile. Uh, it could have been one of the of Caesar's household that Paul mentions in Philippians chapter four, verse twenty-two. Uh, probably, and this was, and he had been one who had learned of Christ. And Luke sets out to explain to his friend. Who Jesus, uh, according to his research and no doubt according to his own experience. That's important because you have a story. You may not be a physician. You may not consider yourself highly educated or intelligent. You may not even consider yourself a great lover of people. But you can to tell. You have a way in which Jesus Christ has impacted your life. And... and, and have no doubt that Jesus has put people in your life to tell, to share, report or who are those people and how are you sharing. You, you could write a, a, a detailed, oriented, writes these two orderly accounts, get all the eyewitnesses' accounts of, of what Jesus did in your life, or you could simply share your story. But, but the fact that Luke writes Luke and then add books reminds us that we all have a, sh- a story to share as well. Uh, when was Luke, the book of what Luke writes? Acts, uh, when were they written? Uh, Luke chapter 1, verses 1 through 4. This is where we are in the text. This is Acts. And if you want to uh, keep up with uh, the scripture right after that, you're just going to go straight over to the book of and we'll be reading from there as well. Luke chapter 1, verse, verse 1. When was Luke written? Those from the inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, 
just as the good to me beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us, it seemed the obvious also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent thing, okay, that you may have certainty concerning the things you have been taught. Makes this. Then we go over to Acts chapter 1. And Luke here continues, and, and he to do joining statement. In the first book, Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began whom to and teach, until the day he was taken up, after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles and had lived as he had chosen. He's continuing to tell the story of which he was a part and no doubt had taken from some and by doubt among others. He presented himself alive. This is verse 3. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering, but to many proofs, appearing to them forty days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, not many. Wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, those whom Jesus days from now. Luke continues the story. It starts with Jesus. And then it continues with the ends with entrusted with the word and with the message of the kingdom. The book of Acts, as you uh, know or will know soon, uh, Paul was all still in Rome. And so we can infer that uh, Luke wrote these two accounts at some point, while Paul and likely there, Luke records in his book of Luke, uh, the first book, uh, the prediction of the destruction of Jerusalem, uh, destruction of the temple. Now that happened in 70 A.D., so uh, the mention in Luke it clearly hadn't happened yet. Just about uh, when we put these two things together, uh, we think the book of Luke was written around 60 A.D. Or uh, was a lot more, oh, a little over 20 years after Jesus uh, left this earth. Research everything you were painstaking in the first century. Research is not where, nowhere nearly as hard today. And, of course, you get a lot of quality information on the Internet. Nearly everything you're emailing, read on there is true. In the first century, he wasn't just pulling up Google. You know, He, he wasn't just texting uh, uh, hey, I heard you were with Jesus. Tell me about that. What did you know? What did you learn? He couldn't pull up pictures and c- couldn't uh, uh, pull up videos of things that had happened purpose. It, it took a lot more work in the first century. Why did Luke go to all the trouble? What was his guy? At least in this, what was the, 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 the reason behind it? Um, Luke did his homework. As we said, he was a detailed disregard. His account is scrupulous. He clearly took it seriously. But why go to all the trouble? Well, in one place, the good thing is that he spells that out, that very thing out. Now, we understand the difficulty that it took to travel from timeline this way to another, to get an eyewitness account, to, to compile those accounts together, to, to sort of, you know, manage, okay, this is kind of the rough, to do all that, what happened here, this would happen here, uh, making sure that you verify those accounts so it's not just uh, based on one person's story. 
and, and time and effort. You know, we just, we just open up the book of Luke. We just open up the book of Acts and read it. But that took Luke a considerable amount of time when we look for it to do. And there's a reason that he put so much effort into it. And he tells us that very clearly at the beginning of Luke. Just as at this key text uh, the, the, we have just read, inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished, all things close. Those who from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word, which have de- and uh, of, have delivered them to us, it seemed good to me also, having followed all. I get to this sleep for some time past to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus. And I know I already read that, but I want that you have been final sentence that I highlighted, that you may have certainty concerning the things children and taught. That still needs to happen today. Uh, Especially as we tell our children, our grandchildren, our family members, our co-workers, our neighbors, that they need to know that we have a reason for the hope that we have in Christ. That we have uh, no doubt, knowing of who he was and what he did. And that with certainty, we will go to our graves testified to him that Jesus is the Christ. Uh, not just because of Luke's account, but because many accounts who he was what he said about himself, the miracles he did, that he died and three days later there was an empty tomb. Educate you. If you think about what a, a good doctor does, a good doctor, as we pursue and helps you make the best decision with all the information that you have. One is, see through this account, as we go through it, verse by verse and chapter by chapter, you're going to see a couple of recurring themes. So one of the things, Jesus came to heal. The great physician came for the sick. And, and so now some people, things that we understand, we have to acknowledge our sickness, our need for the physician. It's strange how you get a sniffle react with doctors, isn't it? Some people will go to the doctor for every single thing. Religiously, and go to the doctor. Get a cough, go to the doctor. I mean, they will go for everything and get a prescription for everything. And they, they get their flu shots. Uh, they get, they get all, all the, the medicines they're supposed to have, and they take them all the way as instructed. And there are other people who, so I'll just avoid. I have not seen a doctor in a while because what's he or she going to tell me? Uh, nothing good, so perhaps it can avoid the doctor. Uh, if it isn't broken, why do I need to see somebody to fix it? You know, the body's a pretty powerful instrument for him to be of any, just take care of itself. When you acknowledge that Jesus is the great physician, in order for Gentiles and the used to you, you have to acknowledge you're sick. All the sick, not just the physically sick. I mean, I mean the our Samaritans and the women and the children and the tax collectors and the sinners and, and, and the people with addictions and, and the people who gossip and the people who swear and the people who will be sick. The only way for a sick person to be well is to acknowledge their sickness and to go to the doctor. Uh, Jesus 
be shown as the great physician many times in Luke's account. The second is that, the, that Jesus came to save. The moment that he died, that was his purpose. Luke records a very intentional journey of Jesus from the moment he was born until the moment he died. Luke chapter 19, verse 10, The Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. They must acknowledge similar you know, situation as to the sick. In order for, you, for a lost person to find their way, at some point, a way acknowledge that they are lost. They have to acknowledge that there is no other way that they need sure out. Luke's introduction is four short verses, but I think it has a powerful lesson for us, and that is you can be the lost. You can be sure of his healing power for all the sick. You can be sure of his saving power for all. There are multiple witnesses, biblical and otherwise, of Jesus' life. Um, there are Matthew and Mark and Luke and Paul. In, in uh, Acts chapter 21, <clears throat> um, and there was verse 8, On the next day we departed and came to Caesarea, and we entered the house of Philip the Evangelist, who was one of the seven, and stayed with him. We, we know there, Joanna, there were other many witnesses to Jesus' life that attested to who he was and how he changed their life. Jesus, their names, only by name. But I wonder if you would consider yourself a witness of Jesus in the sense, oh, not an eyewitness in the sense that you saw him and beheld the miracles and heard the teaching and saw these amazing things, but a witness in this sense of you shared the story of how Jesus changed your life, these earth, and your life in eternity. In that sense, we are all called to be witnesses. All that no problem, witnesses, <clears throat> all of this was coordinated by the Holy Spirit. Second Peter chapter 1 says, Knowing first of all, depends on Luke, prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. And this one might be the danger of getting down into Luke's weeds a little bit, is that we think, well, all by the Holy Spirit. We have to remember the Spirit was working here. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along for the office of the Spirit. Yes, Luke made great pains to uh, get, get all of the information, get all of the eyewitness accounts, and get all of that together <clears throat> of the Theophilus' benefit and for our benefit. But... May we understand, and increasingly I am, that there is a belief that there are very few coincidences in the work of God. Continue reason God has you where you are, and that if you will let the Spirit work in your life, He will not offend you to weave a beautiful tapestry of your eyewitness account. And the third thing that we understand is that Jesus was but in many figment of anyone's imagination. His life, his death, his resurrection are well-documented events in history. Not just in this book, but are the extra-biblical books. If these things are true, and certainly concerning the resurrection of Jesus Christ, then they are dead. Most importance on earth and for eternal things. If... Jesus was resurrected from the dead. was not resurrected. 
then everything that he said and everything that he did matters. If Jesus and lifted from the dead, then none of it matters. Jesus was a real man, and he claimed real things, and what his Luke shares his uh, account so that we might know and that we might be sure of who he is, a will for us and for followers of Jesus is. Tonight, if you are not sure of your eternity, if you are not ready, not just about uh, to end, to leave your life in this world, uh, then you can be ready by knowing Jesus Christ, uh, by knowing have uh, any of him, but by choosing to love him and choosing to obey him. If you have a spiritual need to put on Christ in baptism, or if you have any other need that we might help with, uh, please meet me down front as we sing this final song, and we'll help you or pray with you and do anything we can for you.